What's up? What's up? What is up? It's another Friday, another opportunity for the Ball Hawk Sports Talk to come to you by way of your either phone device, computer device, however you are consuming the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. We're coming to you, bring it to you rough, rugged, and raw. That's the only way we know how to do it. We bring you sports, business, entertainment for those of you who did not know what the Ball Hawk Sports Talk was all about. I am your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. The Ball Hawk, a.k.a. The Mouth South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Pressure, a.k.a. Breezy. And today's episode is Happy Endings. I say it with a smile because we're going to talk about a lot of happy endings. And I also say it with a smile because today happens to be birthday eve for me, the day before a king was born. That's right. So we're going to have a happy Which king ending. was that? Yeah. <laughs> that king, King B. Brown was born. So we're going to have a happy ending as we talk about some interesting, interesting topics. One of them being Deshaun Watson. You make the analogy as you please. Happy endings is coming to you in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Let's do it, y'all. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke, because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw, so come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter. Salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go, 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 go. What's up? What's up, party people in the house? You know what it is, man. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. As the intro always does, uh, I get an opportunity to just tee it up, and then I get to be in the room with these amazing gentlemen. The crew is in the building. Uh, need no introduction, but I'm going to give one anyway. ETP, Ellis, the producer. What's up, my brother? Just loving life, man. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> All of that. You know what I mean? Because it depends on where you consume it. It could be morning, afternoon, or evening. We getting to the point where you're going to be international. And the other member of the crew needs no introduction. I'm going to provide one anywhere. The Big Flow Show. What up, big brother? How are you? Man, what's good, America? What's good, y'all? Hey, we're looking for a happy Friday, a happy ending, as always. And then, oh, that came out the wrong way. But anyway, so <laughs> we just looking out. We just just ready. You can't to go, say man. that with a pink shirt on, son. I just want to let everybody, women, know this is my respect for women's show. I didn't want anybody to think of this thing and, and start to cancel me because we talking about happy endings and stuff. On, in we, morning, I got, so. I'm in pink too. You don't want to go on pink. Uh, yeah, you ain't get the email and stuff. I oh, pulled last my so, You can't see to... my socks. I got I got pink <laughs> socks on. Pink, pink, pink. We rocking pink in the month Standing of March. Solidarity. Yes, International Women's Month, and we do we we should just make this disclaimer. We have named it, we've entitled this show Happy Endings. We're gonna talk about Deshaun Watson, but at no point do I want y'all to think that we ain't riding for the women. It's just uh we gotta talk about it, man. He signed a record deal. Guaranteed that part of it in itself is uncharted territory. Every penny of it, uh, the number is uncharted territory. I'm talking about big bucks. And of course, he's going to, you know, lead the team to the Super Bowl and all that good stuff because he he's in the right place in Cleveland. I happen to be a Brown fan. You know? Yeah, man. 
too. Yeah. <laughs> you not with me no more? Come on, baby. You know, I got things to do. Come on, baby. We 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 might as well hop on in Pulling there, man. Myself is not one of them. <laughs> we might as well hop on in and get to the topic at hand then. Uh happy endings when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Uh from a you know, just having having a good time and thinking about the situation where he was last year to where he is now, it has to be considered a happy ending. Uh, and, and, and we use ending sort of loosely because it's, it seems as though there's still ongoing situations. Uh, the latest is that uh, yet another county in Texas came back with, uh, uh, they decided not to file charges, criminal charges. So from a criminal standpoint, I think he's in the clear. He has a happy ending when it comes to criminal criminal charges. Um, and that in itself should be celebrated, right? Uh, if, if you're Deshaun Watson and his family. Uh, if, if you're someone that thinks that he indeed should have been charged criminally, you might not be celebrating as a happy ending. But let's start there with the criminal charges being uh, he, he, he was able to elude uh, facing criminal charges by way of not one, but now two grand juries. Uh, does that now help him navigate these waters where some people um some even media types were still like well let's just wait and see at least from a criminal standpoint not one but two grand juries have decided that he is not culpable to the degree of criminal charges personally if you ask me what do i think i think he probably did something crazy right i just i have a hard time You lost me at having like 50 masseuses, right? I don't know what the plural of masseuse is. Masseuses. You got to just keep on going. Masseusai. Masseusai. Yeah. Masseusai. I think anyone who has 50 of them, you, you something's in my standards is that's weird. You know, you get one or two, maybe a third, depending on like the deep tissue. Whatever. I, I digress. But anyway, 50, you already lost me. But at the same time, and this is America, we can't. Just because I don't like something, just because I think it's kind of weird. If you don't do a criminal act, there's a lot of things I think are completely weird that aren't criminal. <clears throat> and we just can't start telling people that they can't work and they they need to be canceled because of that. At the end of the day, the grand jury looked at it. They said there was no wrongdoing. I think you you got you have to take that and let it ride. You have to go with it. People get off all the time for things, but he got off. The second incident, I don't want the show to totally go take a left, but I have a hard time. If you understand the details of it, someone called me and explained to me how that works. <laughs> so I don't understand his second, me, second. Me, me, meaning the second grand jury that convened was about a particular incident in a county that the masseuse singular um, claimed that he ejaculated on her. I think it was her. It was it was a female masseuse on her. And so that, that that's what you're saying, that, that if, if someone else could explain that to you. Call someone can explain to me. <clears throat> and put me on three-way. Just for entertainment. I want to hear that He had spontaneous ejaculation. How does one disapprove of an act? Were you just mad because he touched you with some fluid or whatever? But I have a hard time understanding how he got to that point and you were appalled and, and you didn't just walk out of the room. Unless you're saying he held you behind your will. I don't know the details. That's a totally different story. But at some point, you just start wondering, like, okay, is there was there some agreements going on? And people, people were like, well, you know, he only tipped me 25 bucks. So now 
You started you started wondering because a grand jury and, and, and look, yeah. when you hear grand jury, that means things are serious. That means that they are they are absolutely uh, kicking the tires on what the facts uh, are presented to them and deciding based on um, a criminal litmus test whether or not it should proceed and use, to be honest, use the resources of the court in order to hear out this case. And um, you look at it as a bar, um, that threshold. If you can't surpass that threshold, then from a criminal standpoint, whether you like Deshaun Watson or not, whether you think that his actions were strange or not, wh wh whether you are completely offended, I don't care what you think about him personally from a criminal standpoint. I think if they're not one but two, uh, grand juries that were convened in order to decide whether or not to pass a criminal threshold and not one but two of them have decided that this does not rise to the level of criminality then we he sort of had his day in court from 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 a standpoint of having the facts presented to a grand jury we got to move on ask and answer when it comes to whether or not it was criminal um etp i'll let you wait yeah it's well i mean look at the end of the day we're we're supposed we're conditioned to accept the outcome of the justice system we're constantly shown examples of ways that it's not as fair and balanced and objective but we're required to accept the outcomes that are delivered right so it's just in this situation it worked out in the accused favor now there's 22 women it's pretty crazy that 22 reported cases 22 women came forward and two courts of law not just one two courts of law basically said there's not e not even that he's not guilty there's not enough to even move forward to determine if he's guilty no, to even true. charge him with the, with this so my mind is short-circuiting because automatically Look, if it's one, if it's two, it's like, oh, you know, maybe they're making up a story. 22, 22 women have all put this forward. So I have to assume even if it's like 15%, you know, there's three or four that are in there legitimately have a problem. But if the court of law, the justice system, the criminal court of law is saying that there's not even enough to investigate this even further and try it. It's very hard. So for me, it's good for him. It's a happy, I wouldn't say it's a happy ending. He's probably going to have to pay some money on the civil side. Uh, yeah. which, I mean, he's, he's got enough money ending, now so. to do it. You know, <laughs> biggest, biggest, the thing that, the thing that is crazy though, is with the NFL to, to have a record setting contract when the, historically the NFL has been notorious for being, non-committal and it's been super one-sided in terms of contracts where the teams hold all the power the players have no power but now they turn around and empower one player and guarantee all this money at a historic level and it's somebody that's being basically accused of sexual assault on 22 women but instead we're going to guarantee all this money so it's just a really the nfl is just really interesting it's obviously the organization and because they had to come up with a trade proposal to even, you know, Deshaun Watson's team 
is amazing, both clearly on the criminal on the on the legal side and on the agent side, because he had a no trade clause before he turned 25 years old. He was able to basically vet every option that any team gave him. So the option he took was okay, most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL. Also, I might get suspended, so you're only going to pay me $1 million of that $230 million for the first year because if I get suspended, the worst that happens is I lose a million and I become the $229 million man. And if I never play again, I'm still worth quarter of a million, quarter of a billion dollars. Go massage that. Hey, so, I- I, I, hey, so, sometimes so, you gotta you gotta respect the game. <laughs> like all right, so the way it works. Break, let's break that down into two parts. Because the, the, the organization's part, you know, I I am a very uh, well documented here on the show and publicly that I'm a Browns fan. So I just think that the, the Browns did what the Browns needed to do in order to get their franchise quarterback. And from a business standpoint, you know, hats off to the Browns. They were in a tough spot where Baker Mayfield a week ago on this show, we were talking about break Baker Mayfield signing, writing this, this basically farewell letter to the fans of the Browns, uh, demanding a trade to the front office. And after the show, news broke that this Deshaun Watson story, the, the news broke that Deshaun Watson would be signed uh, and the details then played out. So let's talk about that on the back half. The front half of that, and you pointed out is that the NFL from just a reputation standpoint, um, it has a challenge, right? Because all of the things that you just stated are absolutely true. It's been notoriously bad when it comes to guaranteeing players, their money. It's been notoriously bad for job security. It's been notoriously bad for uh, providing the, uh, a, a, a fair exchange for the risk that players put themselves through life and limb, right, with 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 um, being compensated and protected. That exchange has been notoriously bad. Now, the first time that it seems like they air quote get it right is a guy who is in hot water when it comes to both a criminal and civil charges. The criminal, I think he's fine. He's in the clear. But civil charges, he still has 22 uh, allegations pending uh, against him uh, in civil court. With uh, the the attorney Tony Busby basically finding you know his, his his clients that are saying that this happened and and filing through civil civil charges, the first time that the NFL airport gets it right is with this particular person, and in March, International Women's Month, you know I see where women would have an issue with this. I see where the Molly Karams of the world. Uh, if you guys don't know, Molly is an ESPN personality who, um, during her take, when talking about this particular contract, had real issue with the with, with just with the the message that this sends. So let's dig in. Like, it, 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 are are we? And this is a challenge because while both. Uh, Big Flow Show and I are wearing pink. Um, we are both men, Just right? We we are we, while we're wearing pink, representing women's international. We're both men, so here's the challenge. So I will initially, before we even get started, I will admit that I can't really walk in the shoes of women when hearing this story. But having said that, how dare we not talk about it? 
is it unfair to now give uh, Deshaun Watson and the NFL even more scrutiny, even more side eye, uh, although it is now gone through two grand juries? Molly Carroll had a very passionate, emotional response to this, to this, to this contract, and she was upset about it. And I tried to sit back and hear her, not as a Browns fan, because as a Browns fan, I would be like, "Yo, you better chill out." But but as someone that values the opinion of you know a, a, a woman who's made it in in a, in a very masculine business, sports journalism, a very masculine business, she's made it in that business. I wanted to hear her and, and lend my ears such that I I, I wasn't you know. Uh, uh, having, I don't want to call it misogynistic, but I don't want to be overly masculine when hearing her response. But I felt a certain type of way. Like at some yeah. point, man, you got to let the court do the court thing. And this man, from a criminal standpoint, um, I won't say exonerated because it didn't go through trial, but it, the fact that it didn't go to trial saying there wasn't enough there, there. So well, that's Molly, the, that's the problem. and other women who have a problem with this signing, let, let's talk about it. Like, is it a valid point that she made? Well, and, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think the 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 issue with in general, right? Whenever there's anything that is high profile, we kind of have two courts, right? It's the the justice system and the court of public opinion, and the general public is very selective about when they are or we are accepting of a verdict or unaccepting of a verdict right? right so taking taking the the gender dynamics out of it taking everything out of it it's like oh i know oj did it court said he didn't do it <laughs> but right. you poll everybody the majority of people are going to say oj killed you know two people but in the other side it's like <laughs> This is a situation where he got off, but everybody's like, no, but he did it. But he did it. So, but other in other situations, oh, you have to trust the justice system. They went through due process, all of that. Like, we have to accept, we have to either decide that we're gonna accept the scales of justice as they as they tip, or we're not, right? We can't just be cherry picking and saying, Oh, well, that situation is unjust, this situation is just. And we found plenty of examples where it's very unjust, and it's especially with black men at the at the center of any issue. That's it's more common than not that it tip you know that it tips against bias and things of that nature. So in situations like this, it's really hard to sit there and be like, "Well, you know, he absolutely still did it." Granted, twenty two women felt uncomfortable enough to write up a testimony and give it to an attorney and hope to, you know have some repercussions or 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 i'm gonna go ahead and say it and or they know, after the bag <laughs> or, or, or they they there were 22 women that responded to a, an, an inquiry from tony busby an attorney that saw not that we, we we have no shortage of, of, of lawyer jokes right an attorney that saw what could be an opportunity with the vulnerability of a man who uh put himself in that situation Simple and plain, right? There's that too. So let's not act as though the justice system um, on the civil well, it leads, side. Your point, your point is it leads right. to that because the justice system decided and found that there's there's no grounds for prosecution, right? So to your point, the the potential of what you're saying is much greater because 
it already went through two substantial filters to evaluate this to say, all right, well, it's unfounded on a criminal side. And they tried to, they 10, 10 of the 22 cases filed criminal suits. Right. And right. those 10 were not found to have any, any grounds. Yeah. So, um, and, people, and, and do, does this go, go ahead? I'm sorry. I was going to say, people are going to jump to conclusions, but none of us know real facts. We're headline chase. We read whatever. Nobody went through the mounds of evidence. Cause I don't believe that that's public record. Everyone just says they hear a story, they believe it. I personally think that he probably, like I said, I think he probably did some stuff, right? I think, I think Bill Cosby probably did some stuff. I, it's just kind of the way my gut is, but because I feel that way has no bearing on what the Browns should do, whatever. Because I hadn't, I haven't spent time to look into it. I can't tell you the name of any. I don't know if they're being held uh, private anyway, but I haven't looked into it enough to find out anything. I haven't done any interviews. I haven't done anything. We just all jump to conclusions the way that we want to. The way we want to just the, 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 Browns, the Browns to your point, the Browns said that they did a thorough investigation before they offered him a contract. And mm -hmm. um, Tony Busby, the attorney for the, the, the civil case, the suits, um, on behalf of the plaintiff, said that he the Browns did not contact him or the women. Now, I don't think those two are necessarily mutually exclusive. You can do a thorough uh, investigation and do your research without necessarily contacting the plaintiffs because once you call yourself a plaintiff it's really clear what your position will be when the browns call um and if you're representing the plaintiffs it's very clear what your position would be with the browns call i don't know what the research looked like but the Browns said that they did do a thorough thorough investigation and researched the cases and made sure that they had the information they needed to be comfortable with offering him um, the contract. So we shall see. I just, I, I think, you know, it's one of those moments and we always say it tongue in cheek, you know, Mars are from, men are from Mars, women from Venus. But when when I saw Molly Kerr and her take saying it was a slap in women's face, it was a slap in all women's faces that the Browns would offer him this contract. Now, as a Browns fan, I was mad, right? Puff, like, what are you talking about? But but trying to remove myself from the, the fandom, just hearing it, I was like, I don't know. And, and I, I called upon a few women who I think that, you know, would, would shoot it straight with me. And we went back and forth. And, you know, and, and people are saying the number itself is what normally damns Deshaun Watson in the court of public opinion. 22. Right, you see 22, like man, right? But but we also have to remember we're in a very litigious society that the 22 could be more of a reflection of Tony Busby, the attorney, figuring out exactly where he was and when he where he, where he was and when he was there and making sure that he contacted all 22 women to tell them about what could be an opportunity. So no um, matter what his his crime his his initial crime is why you got so many masseuses <laughs> that's how he likes to spend his time that, that's, that's, like that's the hard when, when this whole i thing hate to make out, a joke about it but when you're not found criminal this but you know he just wants to contribute to to the working class i mean he wants to see what he's gonna do. i mean <laughs> you know what I mean? the wealth i can't tell you i think it's weird as shit, personally but i mean i can't say just because i think it's weird doesn't mean we can we, we can't condemn people for that but hey, at the end of the day, we'll find out time. You know, uh, listener texting right now telling me um, they're having a local press conference in Cleveland. He's in Cleveland right now, one o'clock. They're not, a lot of people aren't happy. There's going to be a problem. But they did a lot of research. 
they found out he had never taken a knee and he had never <laughs> bet on the sport so he could play. Yeah, good. And, and we laugh about it, but that's all the facts. truth of the matter, right? <laughs> all we facts. laugh about it, that's the truth of the matter. All right, uh, anybody with final words? I know Molly Karen will be coming for us because to hear her say it's a slap in women's face, I was just like, I don't see it that way. Uh, but again, man, we are obviously, you know, we're, we're all men here. Mm -hmm. So the idea that men are from Mars and women from Venus, maybe we just can't understand it. I tried to. I, I really did try to. With Molly Karam, I tried to. And, and again, some of those phone calls with, with, with friends of mine, women, um, I really wanted to understand it. And, and it just doesn't seem as though, you know, I – I'll give you guys anybody want to weigh in final word well, before we what what I what I'll say about this that's encouraging in a in a sense is there has been due process right the women were li listened to right it was it was given it was not dismissed it was not pushed to the side this these allegations were considered right and it went through due process and what we found was there was not enough to prosecute so what i'm encouraged about is that everybody kind of was given the space of respect to the point of their position was was heard considered valued evaluated and we went through the entire process relatively now we have the civil process and it sounds like even still those 22 women are still being considered and heard and not necessarily being dismissed. So that's different than what's happened historically. And it's all serious. I just want to make like we might make some jokes or what have you. But clearly, these are serious allegations, whether who, however the findings are, it's affecting people's lives on all levels. Um, but I think this is a good example of seeing how something can actually go to the public the public eye and still make sure that we take the right steps to evaluate and consider everybody's perspective and the allegations and the innocence or guilt of whoever's involved. Yeah. I don't want to have a knee jerk reaction because I think what they did with, and we're going to talk about March madness, but some of those commercials and someone sent one to me um, about like the women's sports. And one of them was about the shot that Arike, who I can't say her last name, um, um, but Arike from Notre Dame made against, she made two killer two. shots when they won their championship. Man. And the commercials now on ESPN give you a QR code to allow you to go see the, uh, you know, sports moment. But it's talking about how no one really watched the game because it was a, a, a woman's game. Now, I think that one was a little misleading. Someone sent it to me like, yo, man, what are they talking about? We all watched this game. Um, but I think it was a reaction to last year's uproar about the difference in treatment between men and women's sports. So I'm trying not to have a knee-jerk reaction to this because, the, the, like you said, from a standpoint of at least the women were, were heard. But this is 2.0, version 2.0 of what was the Me Too movement. Five years ago, at the climax and the height of what was the Me Too movement, you know, that's when we really had to reevaluate our misogynistic approach to these allegations. It was always like, yeah, whatever, right? You, you know, people would say, well, what did you do to encourage that type of treatment, right? Or why didn't you just walk out? That that was, but we're 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 in a whole different world now. 
where when there are allegations, I think, I think now we are better about making sure that we listen to those allegations. And let's be let's be clear because people that say, yeah, well, you know, he ended up with with you know a quarter of a billion dollars. And that man lost a lot of money last year too. Anybody and everyone that was associated with him from uh, an endorsement standpoint parted ways like the Red Sea. They was out of there, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't get to go do what he loves to do and play for an entire year. They just took him off the field. I imagine that the NFL is also going to hurl out some type of penalty, which I don't know what at this point it would be, but it's going to be some sort of suspension and or fine. Um, so so I, I, don't, I don't want us to come across as not hearing the very valid concern that Molly Karam and others uh, and other women might have that, you know, what message does this send that this guy under the pressure and under the, 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 the focus of uh, both a criminal and a civil justice system, this guy accused of doing this thing to so many women, this guy makes all that money. We're listening, but at the same time, you know, fair is fair. Right. We've got to say that not one but two grand juries decided that there were no it was not enough to criminally charge him. And then we'll see what happens with the civil cases. Um, yeah. But I mean, to let the man live, too. I do. I mean, to what he said, they took a whole year that they waited. It wasn't like they just threw him back on the field. And, and this has happened in the background. Shout out to the Texans. The Texans took him off for the year and said, this is how much how serious we're going to take it. We, we we let our whole season suck because of this. They took they him off bad. for a year. They still paid him, took him off, and now they ended up doing the trade. You do have to question when you start thinking some of these lawsuits. Like all of a sudden now the criminal comes up. You've had a whole year to come around to do it. Now you wait for him to be about to sign, and now the criminal case comes up. So you start to wonder the motives on both sides. Is it about – I mean, again, if you do feel like you're sexually assaulted, I will see where you want to ruin the person as much as you can. So I'm not trying to say they shouldn't. But the timing of it seems a little interesting that they wait until he's back in the media – before they start trying to do the charges and do everything there. And it, and it did go in their favor. So uh, I, I want to shout out Adam Kimball for uh, checking us out, talking about what's going on on the street in Cleveland. Appreciate you listening, brother. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I think you, you got to move on and, and you got to do whatever. But at people, the same time, that, if you don't want to watch because of this, that's your right. Don't watch. If you want to tell say it publicly that you don't want to watch, that's your right too. If you don't want to watch for whatever reason it is, I'm not ever here to tell somebody that they should – Meaning they don't want to over and watch. They don't want to watch. Don't like it, don't watch and tell you people mean, they shouldn't watch. That's okay too. That's the way America works. You mean don't watch football? I'm saying if she, if Molly's upset and she thinks that this is done wrong, she shouldn't watch football. If Quit that's, ESPN. She, that's what she's got to do. <laughs> retire. I'm, I, I no, mean, I'm not retire, but I'm saying like I don't have a problem with people who have. If your beliefs tell you that this is, I'm not watching this because of X, Y, Z. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, you're an idiot. I can't believe you don't know. I believe it. If you think so that he did this and you really feel strongly about it, then I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't have that opinion. You're, you're entitled to it. I think the challenge is because we've had historically so many situations, whether it be corporate or otherwise, where women are um, uh, uh, marginalized and mistreated, right? When a story like this breaks and 
you know, so so I'm trying to be sympathetic with, with the Molly Karam approach. When a story like this breaks, I think um, women automatically put themselves in their sh that shoes and remember the time when they were mistreated. Remember the time when some misogynistic environment. Which is what we do in racial situations. And we do in racial situations. So I, I get it. But we have to be both considerate of, of, of that experience, but also we have to consider the facts here. And I think, you know, the, the Houston Texans did pull him off the field immediately. Uh, he lost so many different endorsements. He lost money, right? His, 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 his life, his livelihood was in question before he got to this moment. And, you know, he said it publicly, he said, I can't wait to clear my name, right? While we're talking about it as a story, my last name's not Watson. I wasn't I wasn't raised in that household. I, I didn't have to hear all of the the things being hurled out about him and how sick and crazy and deprived he was and, and not think anything about it. There there are two sides of the story. While women should very, very, very clearly, I'll say this, should um be sensitive to the experience that they've been subjected to. We also gotta remember that you know a man and his family would also were also subjected to allegations that from a criminal standpoint were proven not to be worthy of criminality and you know i think that's what makes it a happy ending when no one's really happy right because the molly kerms of the world in that opinion she, she's not happy this man got a quarter of a billion dollars and i would go you know while I, i'm pretty sure that that deshaun watson is happy to be able to play again happy to be coveted and get the the paycheck that he got He's probably still not happy that this entire year of his career was taken away and that no matter what he does for the rest of his life, what the money cannot do is buy away the stain in the black eye that is going to be associated with his name because of this. So I'll leave it there um, just so we can get into a few other things, man. But uh, I, I, I know that the Browns were scheduled to announce him as their starting quarterback, their new quarterback today. It sounds like that's going to proceed. Um, and they're going to take a lot of flack for that. Uh, so we'll see how it all plays out. Um, and we'll see you in the Super Bowl, Cleveland Browns, Dolph Brown, um, if indeed he's allowed to play. Uh, it also allows us to talk about free agency because other quarterbacks were on the move. Um, one that's not on the move, Baker Mayfield, looks like the Browns going to play hardball. Hell, you're going to be on the bench, dog. Um, yeah, you ain't, you ain't going nowhere. Uh, probably because they can't get much for him, right? That That's the downside of being emotional, blanket. disgruntled, and, oh, by the way, you're not playing so well on the field. Uh, now they can't get really much for him. Uh, to think that the Cleveland Browns might have a season where Deshaun Watson is under center, throwing the ball to Odell Beckham, potentially. That seems like it could be a go. While Baker Mayfield got to be on the bench watching it, Lord have mercy, man. It's Does he at least get the clipboard or is Baker's, he like no, – You don't, don't even get the clipboard, not a headset, nothing. You don't get the clipboard. You do not get the clipboard. We're gonna uh, give you a locker right here, and we'll let Odell get your locker. Yeah, yeah it's taking to get that locker. Cool, we, the towels. We, we moved your locker to the basement. Yeah, man, that's what you get for being boo boo doo doo. And I used to call. I had a Baker Baker touchdown maker. Baker Baker drama maker. You drama man. Is he still on his initial contract? Yeah, he's still probably 2018. Bruh, so I think I don't remember. It doesn't even matter at this point. He's he's last year's news. 
we're on. We're on, next we're on to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, uh, the other news, man, from this week, you, you know, you had Devontae Adams sign with the Raiders. That was kind of like last week and a half. Uh, Odell Beckham, I said, might be coming back to um, Cleveland. And then the cheetah, Tyreek Hill, went over there and broke the bank, became the highest paid receiver. Um, every time a signing happens, it seems like we're saying that, and became the highest paid such and such ever. Yeah, uh, it wasn't it Devontae Adams and then Tyreek Hill? And then Tyreek Hill is like, hey, hold my beer, week. son. Hold my beer. <laughs> Devontae so, Adams, though, did, I think he took less. Like, not less than he was making, but, like, he could have made Green more. Bay said that they would have uh, matched it and even paid him more. So what Green Bay wanted to do is get ahead of the story. Like, look, we we were going to pay him more. You know, Aaron Rodgers messing around and sit out again. Yeah. Yeah, right. He gotta be uh, so mad all that money sitting there by himself. No, the other say. drama king queen. Um, let's so so, but Devonte Adams got paid, and then the Cheetahs. So, do you think this makes uh, Tua a better quarterback? The Dolphins a better team. Uh, I like the Cheetahs' skill set, but I don't know if it, it's game changing skill set at the wide receiver position. Matter of fact, I. If you got, if you ask me who I at receiver right now, who I gotta have, it's it's Debo. Who Debo? Because he's so versatile. You know, he's calling himself a wide back. I'm a wide receiver and a running back. Like, he's just good. He's just like good. a Pop Warner player, straight up. So, but do you think that this now makes Tua right? We we put Tua into the next chapter of his career, and he gets to thrive. And are the Dolphins now a real threat? In if not the if not if not the conference the division, what would you say? I personally just think I was ha- I was I like Cheetah. I was unhappy to see him go to the Dolphins. I don't really think that's the place. I think he needs to go somewhere that has other receivers. Who's the other receivers in the Dolphins? See, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, they used to have the guy from uh, uh, Arizona so State. The Bears I don't know used if he's to still have. there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who the Dolphins. Have. So I'm saying is. He's not a, he's not a primary guy. He's he reminds me of Parker. a guy like Russell. That's what I'm, th- I'm thinking of. Some Parker. Hey, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he reminds me of a, of a Reggie Bush in college. Reggie Bush was best when he was a utility guy. Oh yeah, Waddle. There you go. Well, that's why we love our our, our audience. Waddle. Jaylen oh, Waddle, Waddle is there. He is there. They drafted him, although he was injured. They drafted him with the first pick last year. He was drafted early. Okay, he so was. that's a nice little piece they got there. He's he's yeah. that's a goon. He's a goon in waiting, but still. I, I like a uh, maybe a bigger threat guy down there with him, you know. But I, I like Tyreek Hill as a as a a utility guy that you kind of move around, kind of like the way that they use um, Debo. You know what I mean? Like move him around and find different ways for him. But you yeah. need more there. And I I don't know. I just don't mind. My, Miami's one of those kind of like the Browns, just like perpetual. Hey, hold up, hold hold up. Could I pick that that's a team? foul? Sorry, that's a penalty, technical foul, Would flagrant, flagrant three, <laughs> whatever the highest flagrant. Come on, man. Would you we ain't no Dolphins, baby. We dog pound, baby. Um, look, I, I, I wish the best for Tua. I've been rooting for him for a long time, but man, you got weapons around you now, my brother. So uh, hopefully, he, he comes out on top. Am I a Dolphin? Absolutely not. Growing up in South Florida, I grew up rooting against the Dolphins and rooting against the Cowboys. Uh, uh, there's just if you, if, it was just fun to do. Um, I don't think that this puts the Dolphins in any better position because I don't, I don't know, man. Like he, well, he, he is fast. He's next level fast. Yeah, I think. I mean, it makes them better, but now 
the pressure is on Tua like they've never seen what they just mortgaged their entire future, right? They gave up like they have six draft picks. So if this doesn't if this doesn't work, did what are they going to do moving forward? They've they've literally passed on the next 3 to 4 years of talent development for a for a wide receiver, right? And you've got a rookie coach, a rookie human being coach. By choice. They told they chose got, that. That's that's their own. Yeah, they, but and it's crazy, man. right? Because they wanted they a tank man. and they're like, oh, Brian Flores, you know, they, they want a tank. And then they're like, as soon as Brian Flores is out, they're like, no, we're gonna make big splashy moves and bring talent in here. When you if you had that? done that last year, maybe maybe they go eight and one on both sides of the season. And they're not on the wrong end of the V when it comes to a lawsuit. Um, but this statement by our man, what's up, P? Um, uh, not not with us today, but always with us. Uh, Brian Flores would be having the last laugh. It was reported that he wanted Justin Herbert uh, in the draft instead. Uh, I, I, he might be on to something, man. Brian Flores Move might on. be getting the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you didn't get him. You got to him. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so emotional. Uh, but we'll see, man. Let's let's move on ourselves, man. Let's get into some of this March Madness. Um, because the the, the record breaking uh NFL free agency deals seem to be coming at us uh, a dime a dozen. So we'll be talking about that probably again next week. Um, but this is an an amazing time of the year. Last year's episode, last week's episode was called Madness in March. As I respect. Uh, and, and, and as we paid a tribute to March Madness, uh, the madness has continued. And the sweet, we're at Sweet 16 level now. For those of you who have been under a rock and have not been following, uh, we, are, we are down to 16 uh, and even fewer now because they had the first group of games played last night. Uh, so last night's game, uh, we'll go through them quickly. Uh, Duke had a great second half to overcome Texas Tech. And Coach K keeps dancing, man. I've never liked Duke. I'll go as far as to say I, 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 I've hated them with every fiber of my being. It would probably be a better way to describe my feeling, visceral feelings about Duke basketball. But I find myself sort of happy for Coach K. Okay. He's a hundred and a million years old, and he every game that they had – Signature game that they had this year, somehow, some way, Duke seemed to lose it. So I find myself kind of happy for Coach K. They came back in the second half last night, and they're like Hulk Hogan, man. You know, that that arm about to drop, that third. They they somehow they resuscitated, and now they're in the elite eight. Shout out to Coach K. I don't know if you guys saw the game, but uh, they they held on, man. They 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 yeah. they won one for the Gipper. Coach yeah, K I- still alive, still dancing. I share I share the the disdain for Duke University the same way, but for some reason the past few years, like Zion, R.J. Barrett, that team, like I was rooting for Duke a little bit because um, they were exciting. But this this time, that kid uh, Bancaro, he's yeah. he's a grown man. He is a grown man. Like yeah. if he doesn't go first in the draft, I'll be It'll surprised. Be He's, but you know, I'll I'll refrain from the, you know, the jokes about how the baseball players are thirty five years old coming into the minor leagues from <laughs> from Latin America because he looks like a grown man. <laughs> yeah, I think he's Italian. 
I think he's Italian, but oh, he's same, Italian. Same yeah, I think he's he looks. He looked Dominican. I they say I look Dominican too. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no. They guy. say. So uh, yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Um, UNC Duke rematch in the Final Four, but I don't know if it. Oh, that's happen. possible. That's the Carolina. Yeah, yeah. UNC still alive. They play tonight. Um, how, how, what do you think about Coach K, man? Happy for him to see him still alive. Big flow show before we go on to a few other nah, games. Nah, I've never been like, really, you know, I, I've always respected Coach K, right? I, there's a difference between like and respect. I've always respected him, um, for what he's done. You know, I never really thought of him. And there, you know, I thought last year was kind of, or whatever the COVID was it last year, it was kind of cowardly stuff where he started calling games off because they were getting beat. I thought that was a little cowardly. I think that was two seasons ago. Yeah, two, but, you know, COVID. Yeah, it sense. was COVID induced, so he said. Yeah, I saw it was whack. That was whack. But in general, I never really liked Duke. Um, probably for a lot of the reasons why people don't like Notre Dame. But like, I just never liked Duke basketball. Uh, easy team to hate, but I respect them at this point. You know, as long as they don't win, you can, you can keep winning. You know, <laughs> keep winning, don't but win don't win. Team, <laughs> as as they don't win the whole That's thing. Accurate. It doesn't matter if he gets to the final four and loses on the major stage with more people watching. I'd like to see him lose on a Saturday as opposed to a Thursday's last game. You want everybody to see it. Let's ask the audience, man, because we do have a live audience. Um, um, Because Duke basketball is very similar to Notre Dame football. Very similar to Dallas Cowboys. Or, like, they're just – there is no real in-between. You either love them or you hate them. So, just just quick poll for those who are listening live, our live audience, and this would be a great time to just ask everyone, please like, comment, share. Please tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know, and please subscribe to both our YouTube channel and to our podcast. And I, after that brief pause, I, I, I now ask our audience, our live audience, what are your feelings about Duke basketball? Are you happy for Coach K? Are you liking this run? I think this is his 17th Elite Eight appearance. When it's all said and done this season, while it is his swan song, his his victory lap, uh, is going to go into the whole book of his legacy. So what do you guys think about Duke basketball? I'm just curious, man, to see what the response is going to be. And are you happy for Coach K as they are still dancing going on to the Elite Eight? The other games last night, uh, Gonzaga, the one seed, lost to Arkansas. And uh, Arkansas did what they needed to do, man. They came out and put the paws on them. Um, uh, you know, Gonzaga's also got, you know, a, a lottery pick player and Chet Holmgren. Um, but their superstar, uh, the guard, just didn't really show up. Can't think of his name. He didn't play very well last night. Uh, Arizona lost to uh, uh, Houston. Uh, that was another one seed that got beat. And the Cougars from the very tip-off were all over, all over Arizona. I think they ended up losing by 15 points. It was it was bad. Uh, Villanova beat Michigan. And, you know, Jay Wright, he just figures out a way to win, man. This whole March Madness thing, he got to figure it out. I was hoping that Jawan and crew would keep on winning, but indeed it didn't happen. Now, tonight's games, um, the second half of – of the Sweet 16, you got tonight's games. Uh, you got Providence going against number one, Kansas. Kansas is the last one seed left. All the rest of them are out. Uh, you got UNC versus UCLA. Uh, that's a, a eight seed UNC versus a, a four seed UCLA. And then you have 
the darling that is 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 still in there, Iowa State, one of the darlings is still in there. Iowa State is playing uh, Miami. That's 11 versus 10. You don't normally see that at this round, so that should be a great game. Both game, both teams have been playing very well lately, uh, so that's the last game. But the first game of tonight that's going to tip off at 7.09 p.m. Let me make sure I get my game face right. The first game that's going to tip off tonight is the Purdue Boilermakers are going to face the Peacocks of St. Peter's University. A university, City. <laughs> a university that the coaches – uh, office had to be evacuated because it was being flooded. They ain't got enough money to make basic renovations. 2,600 students in the middle of the doggone bricks of Jersey City, a place that you would not look at and think, oh, there's an institution that has a Sweet 16 team. They represent Jersey tonight. And now I've been here for, for so many years that I'm feeling this whole Jersey thing I picked Purdue to win it all. I would love to see them win it all. But if anybody is going to derail them, I would like it to be St. Peter's University. What's up, St. Peter's? What's up, Jersey City? Stand up tonight. Shock the world. The 15 seed. St. Peter's University. Peacocks. Peacock don't even sound tough. Who decided that was going to be the best? Peacock. Shout out to Kira Kira. Peacock's kids. See, I don't know. Kid? I, don't know. I think there might be an extra S in that. How you phrase Peacock kids. Maybe it's uh, the, an the Peacocks. There. The Peacocks are going to represent tonight. It's the team that nobody picked. My man Shaheem Holloway, a good brother. I'm rooting for you, man. I never do people root against their own team. I picked Purdue to win this all. But I find myself oddly, oddly interested in seeing an upset tonight. And Shaheen Holloway and Seton Hall University, if you if you interview anybody else for that vacancy, um, because there were a lot of vacancies too. We didn't have this program in for, for the vacancy, but a lot of coaches left. Seton Hall's coach left and went to Maryland. Uh, the team that he beat, Murray State, his coach left, their team, their coach left and went to LSU. All of these coaches on the move, but the coach that should be, I think, the hottest of all coaches is Shaheen Holloway. Seton Hall, if you call anybody else, you interview anybody else, Shaheem Holloway was the point guard uh, the last time Seton Hall made it this far to the Sweet 16. Back in probably 2000, 99-2000, somewhere in there. They, they better, they better uh, fill, fill that bag a little more because I'm sure those calls are coming in at a, a level a little bit, a tier above Seton Hall at this point. This is, this is what makes uh, the, you know, the, the, the March Madness uh, so special. Happy endings uh, in this episode. Do we think that it's going to be a happy ending for St. Peter's tonight? Can David overthrow Goliath? Because Purdue has been ranked number one at one point. Oh. Purdue's got a seven-footer. Uh, Purdue has a, a, you know, a, a top five draft pick at guard. They've got, you know, Williams in, in the in the front court as well, who's been a dominant big man throughout his career. Can I, David I overthrow Goliath? Can St. I don't want to do hear this blasphemy. I don't want to hear any more of this blasphemy. They beat Kentucky. <laughs> they beat Kentucky. I don't want to hear this is not an underdog situation. This is gonna they be a hard Kentucky. fought game. They beat so Kentucky. St. Peter's in four quarters. <laughs> I got <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> St. Peter's is six. <laughs> Uh, it should be a good game tonight, man. Uh, I will be tuned in. Peter Griffith, Peter Pan, St. Peter's is six. Yeah, Peter's is six. Let's, let's go, St. Peter's. Let's shock the world, baby. Uh, but I love March Madness for stories like this, man. Shaheem Holloway, if, 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 if he's not on everyone's shortlist, uh, when I say shortlist, I mean calling him within the next few days to hire him and pay him whatever. Call him tonight because he's going to lose. Oh. Call him tonight. All right. So there's always one day. Give him till the morning to mourn his losses and then offer him the job. You didn't even pick Purdue on your on, on, on yeah, your my final, final four. four. You got him in the final four? Final four. All right. So you you, you need to bracket plus I still got three left. I got Nova, Purdue, and I got uh, Can- uh Kansas. I'm still I'm still in this. You still dancing there. I'm still uh-huh. in this. Talk to um, me after tonight, but I'm still well, in yeah. <laughs> uh I love yeah. stories like this. We'll see what happens with St. Peter's. Uh, tonight. Um, we also got to talk about the women's March Madness because it's the first time ever it's been called March Madness. Uh, last year, it was well documented that the treatment and the accommodations for the women were not on the same scale, and I'm saying that mildly and nicely, uh, as the men's. So this year, they tried to do that. The, uh, the same number of teams that was allowed to play. They are now allowed to wear March Madness and there's been some good games. Um, Notre Dame was absolutely dominant in their last game uh, against the Sooners. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, but there have been some great games. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, the women's bracket, but they're also at the Sweet 16 uh, mark at this point. Uh, so been some great games. I don't know who you guys got to win it. I think Notre Dame's a, a five seed, uh, but I still got them winning it because they are Notre Dame. I can't pick anybody else since Notre Dame men's team lost right before Sweet 16. This is my last hope. Let's go, Irish. Uh, but it's tough to beat South Carolina. Uh, there, there are a lot of teams playing great right now, uh, but I like the fact that they, they, they being the women's tournament, is allowed to wear March Madness. It should have been done a long time ago, and hopefully – now we can appreciate, and I've said this on this show, so I'm not saying it just for this moment, we can appreciate good basketball. Whenever there's an opportunity to watch women's basketball, I like WNBA better than um, women's college basketball, and I'll tell you why. I just I hate seeing missed layups. But fundamentally, right, to watch how an offensive set uh, goes through everybody's hands, there's not one player on most teams that is so dominant that they don't pass the ball. The ball is moving around. It's going through offensive sets. And so as I'm watching it with my sons, it's good basketball. Fundamentally sound good basketball. And so, um, you know, shout out to the ladies for, for, for finally getting their just due. Long overdue when it comes to at least being called March Madness. So enjoy the games as well. Uh, anybody want to weigh in before we move on? Good luck, Notre Dame. Go uh, the name, image, and likeness NIL world was turned on his head this week. And because I'll do it a disservice, I, I was hoping that my man, ETP Ellis, the producer, our guru, marketing and branding guru, uh, he's done it professionally. He's done it uh, domestically, internationally. He's done it in, in several settings, whether it be, uh, you they know, uh, player corporate in circles. Say again. They call that what? Does it internationally? In many circles, they call that a player. Wow. They call it a player. He's a, when it comes to marketing, he's a player, player. <laughs> internationally known and internationally known. Yeah, you know I mean, locally respected. Uh, uh, NIL, man, the, 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 this this blockbuster deal this week. I wanted you to at least give the background before we get into an analysis, and then I know we'll be uh, saying our goodbyes to the Big Flow Show here soon. So let, let's hop on it quickly. Y'all lucky, y'all and lucky. Then, uh, so we, for y'all. You, 
Well, you know what? We can we can do it. We can reverse it. We can reverse it. Okay, we got I'll five take minutes. discretion now. I'll go out of order. So hold that thought, ETP. Hold that thought. Let's get right into LeBron because uh, in the green room we had some interesting conversation about LeBron. In this episode of Happy Endings, let's get right into LeBron. LeBron right now is scoring in any 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 place on the floor. I know he's set out with some soreness this week, but when he is on the floor, he's unstoppable. Uh, he's the second all-time leading scorer at that age, at 37 years old. And there have been questions as to whether or not he's padding the stats. Um, and the Big Flow Show pointed out that LeBron, when you compare him to certain greats, I, you know, don't greats, don't do that. Don't try to give my you trying to eight mile me. Is that what you're trying to do? No, I'm gonna let you. Ah, you're gonna know, present my argument. Let me let me give me That's the three conch. Let me have the conch. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna Is ask it? you guys a question, Mister Audience. Please. When you think of rebounding, who do you think of? Robin Dennis Robin. When you think yeah. of the assists. Who do you think of? I think the two people, but Magic is one of them. Magic is one of them, right? And, and stop it. But Magic. When you think is one of scoring? Who do you think of? MJ all the way. Hmm. Well, you think of threes and Steph Curry and maybe Reggie free, Miller get free out Steph your Curry, way. Yeah, free Steph Curry. Who do you think of a shooter? One of the all-time greats. I, I absolutely. I have been on record saying Larry Legend. I was the one dude in the hood that was all about Larry. Larry Bird. So you have a man that has more points than Jordan, more rebounds than Rodman, more assists than Magic, and more threes than Bird. I also saw another stat this week. Somebody had put out a meme. I'm mad I didn't save it. I thought I sent it to y'all. Again, when when Jordan was in the league and he was playing against Isaiah, Magic, and Bird, he had a record of like 21 and 58, including the playoffs. When you look at LeBron's record versus all the greats, He's dominant most of them. Got a couple that are kind of kind of even 50-50, but in general, he dominates most of them. And you also see about how many greats are listed that are in there. I'm from Chicago. I don't want to lose my pass. I don't want to have to give up my phone number and my 312 area code on my phone. But it might be time for us to say six championships is not a GOAT make. And you have to look at this dude's career and how long he's done it. He's been in the NBA for most of his life, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. And he's dominated in every statistical category that you can. What say you? I say he might be the GOAT. The ETP, I'll let you weigh in first because I, I don't I don't yeah, believe I don't, that. I don't, don't want to be on record for saying it, but I don't believe that. But go ahead. Look, I'm I never thought we were actually going to have this conversation, but I think it's time. The thing that's crazy about the GOAT conversation is Team MJ, people that are supportive of MJ, don't care what LeBron does. It's been cemented. Like, five years ago, like, there was conversations about if LeBron is the GOAT over MJ five, six, seven years ago because it warranted the discussion, and nobody would accept it, and he's still going. (laughs) Like, to be... To, like it just shows how illogical people that are committed to saying Michael Jordan is the goat are because the body of work is still working <laughs> and it's at a level that it cannot be seen. The 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 last person at this age, the highest points per game before thirty, which is thirty points per game, is what LeBron's averaging. Before this was like twenty three points a game <laughs> at this age. So. Mm-hmm. 
he's creating he's creating category. He's in a he's a class of his own. He's gonna be forty thousand points, ten thousand assists, ten thousand rebounds. I you know the the whole the whole landscape has changed. The idea of six and zero. If six and zero is the only thing that you can hold on Let's to, just cancel the NBA. It's 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 that's it, right? Because it, there's so much movement, free agency. Jordan always played with Pippen, and also you know I think ultimately everybody will say all the things you said, Rodman, Bird, blah blah blah. Oh, but it's only because he played longer. That's the point. <laughs> that's the point. That's how you become a goat. Like when you put in the inputs of what makes somebody the goat, it's like okay, you could have one amazing album. But if there's only one, how are you gonna be the goat? Come you gotta have it. a catalog, yeah. and he's done it. He's gonna be have done it for twenty years, and a consistent like no drop offs at all. The the thing with goat is uh, why you say the 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 MJ sycophants will never give him credit. I give LeBron credit. I am a self proclaimed MJ sycophant. I'm a fan. I'm Team MJ. But the thing when it comes to goat conversation is everyone's inputs are different it's subjective for me championships have to matter because if you look at the impact on what happens on the floor when it comes to and it matters more in basketball than it does to football for me because you're one of five you're 20 percent of the productivity on the floor and we've seen um if you have a great player you're always going to be in the mix that's just is what it is uh, when it comes to those particular comparisons, the threes with Larry, the uh, rebound with, with Rodman, the assists with Magic, and the points with MJ, I only put an asterisk next to it because each of those people, right, their careers were shorter because of something, right? Uh, or when it comes to Larry, Larry could have had more threes if indeed he had the green light like Steph does, right? If you look at the progression of what three points were in offensive sets, Larry just was before his time, right? When it comes to MJ, we know he had two and a half years where he was out of the NBA because of his own doing, retirement and going into baseball. And if you talk about Rodman, you know, Rodman's career was shortened because of Rodman. Uh, he just, it is what it is. Now, I don't think those things are uh, trivial, those are big statements to say he's got more, right? But they, they, they're they also, right, you're picking and choosing. You're picking and choosing what people to use because you know it's going to be a good meme, not because it necessarily makes him the GOAT. Does, is he in the conversation? Absolutely. But I think 6-0 does matter. Every time it's you the only it, thing that matters to you. So what if he's 6-4? What matters to me, if you ask me my input, what matters to me is the intangible. I think he changed the game. And the entire game in its international appeal now, it's going to lead you right back to a person named Michael Jordan. That's what my number one input is. But the 6-0, and o, those who use that as their input, as their litmus test, I get it. Like, every time you made it, you won. And as a Miami Heat fan, I got to be honest, man. Like, we were way too talented in that first year to be up, you know, 3-1 and then lose to Dallas. Right. There's chemistry there and all the things that led to that. But LeBron had a lot to do with that. The chemistry not forming and 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 us celebrating. Right. We we were bankhead bouncing up 20 points. You know, we were up two one. I'm sorry. Dallas. We were up 20 points at home. We were bankhead bouncing. They high fiving. 
Dallas came back and won that game. LeBron was nowhere to be found, didn't want the ball. Some of those things to me, and this is just, this is my opinion. I think the greats have to be in, 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 in this space where there's an intangible explanation and it's hard to explain because how do you explain it? And that that's just my input. Everybody's got different inputs. The 6-0 is a big thing for a lot of people, right? I, I think there's some people in the GOAT conversation that don't have a ring, right? So I, I, I don't use that particular one, but I get where people would make it. I absolutely get where people would make it. LeBron is doing things that no one has been able to do in terms of longevity, uh, hats, hat off to him, right? But at a minimum, he's got one extra year than a lot of people because of the rule change. He was allowed to go into the NBA at 18, right out of high school. Some people but he, but he delivered right out of high Jordan school. Jordan could have went right out of high school. Absolutely yeah. delivered. I don't know what the, 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 yeah, the Jordan could have Jordan could have came from high school. Yeah. Jordan wasn't ready. One Jordan wasn't ready. He didn't come out of high school because he wasn't ready. He could have went. You're you're trying to compare him to just Jordan. I'm saying that there are some people that today cannot go to the NBA because of the rules. Okay. There's been a, a a 15 year period where that's been the rule, that's right? So then there's at least been. I mean, Kevin Garnett, I think, is the last that that was the last year. I don't know how long the 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 rule has been in I think place. Kobe Kobe came after Kevin, but anyway, yeah. So so Kobe came after Kevin. All right, cool. So that that might have been what we're talking 2000. I don't even know no, when that was. That was in the 90s. You're right. It, it might be 15 years about? since they added that year. But either way, what like. I'm saying, by definition, <laughs> there's some people that at least have to have another year. Right? We're tripping. LeBron came after. It was way after that. <laughs> after yeah, LeBron's 03. No, nah, LeBron, Le, LeBron is, is not one way after that. LeBron's in that that same general, you know. Kobe was in the league before player. LeBron. Not way before. but I mean, how? yeah, way before. I mean, look, if your okay. argument is he came in, he was able to come in a year early. That's not an argument. Or if you're making an argument. That's just that's mathematically true. I'm saying mathematically, there are going to yeah. be people that don't have that extra year, right, that he put up big stats. And you then said, uh, what about MJ's uh, uh, record against some of the greats? Come on, man. Let's be fair. Those are like the first three, four years of his career when they were at their prom. The transition Seven. happened after that. Let's let's be clear. Seven I would not years. say whatsoever that, that should not be a part of the conversation. But let's not let's not act like you know MJ's uh, uh peak and rise in his career was on the tail end of Isaiah. Right? You look if you're comparing them to people that necessarily didn't overlap, I don't think that's that to me that doesn't make sense. That that's how old was MJ when he stopped 41? I think he was 39. What, no, did he, he make in his 40s, 40s when he right. came back with the world? Because everyone's going to say, well, that was Washington didn't count. Why not? Why does it not count? I was. I would argue the Washington Wizards could beat these Lakers right now. How? Was, when the Lakers got four Hall of Famers? Yeah, but two of them came to the side of a barn. The other dude Who got a bad ankle. Name one player on that Wizards team. I'll just try to tell you how trash the Lakers are. Kwame right Brown. <laughs> MJ, MJ, never Rip Hamilton, LeBron is playing with four Hall of Famers. Jawan, four uh, Stackhouse. <laughs> He's playing with four Hall of Famers. AD's not on the team. He is on the team, man. He got many more games that AD played than you did this year. Thirty something. I don't know. He played like thirty nine <laughs> games. So we can, like AD's not contributing to his success. 
I mean, they're not winning, so let's not say that they're winning. I know. Right now, that, this dude is, so, a, is so just leading like the NBA said, in scoring. Just, not, just, with, just like you said, MJ fans try to pe- cherry pick. LeBron fans try to cherry pick because nah. at the end of the day, that has to be considered. Le- LeBron is playing with undeniable Hall of Famers right now. No, no, no. But, you know, that would be a comparison if they won a championship this year. But the team is, is in disarray. They're trash. That's the intangible part that that LeBron fans don't want to consider. They are trash, and LeBron's in the middle of it. And while he is padding them stats, and I love watching it, I love when people say you gotta consider. Jordan, look, I love Jordan. That's the problem is I, I hate I make this argument as a as a dude who grew up in Chicago, loving Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, my two favorite people growing up. And uh, but when you start looking at the situation, I mean Michael Jordan, if you look at his first years in the NBA. You can look at those as stat padding years. They weren't winning games, and he shot every time he touched the ball. His shooting percentage was low, and every time he touched the ball, he went so up and threw crazy the shit beginning up. Of his career. You don't call those stat padding years. You call that like you're at the prime. You're figuring I know, you figure out how to play. He took him to call the He took a team name. Who was the second best player on the Cavs team that he? The first Cavs team he brought to the finals. It was probably the uh, the center. Mo Williams. No, it was probably the big center. Um, whatever his name was. Verajal. Elgowskis. Like Elgowskis. Yeah, whatever his name is. So if it's all stat padding, he's, 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 hey, he's on his Mount <laughs> Rushmore. He's a Hall of Fame. No, he's not. <laughs> you don't even know how many years he played. Yeah. You can't say his name without looking it up. He's not a Hall of Famer. But you just made me believe the Hall of Famer, being a Hall of Famer, doesn't go one way or the other. No, no, no. I'm just trying to say that, okay, right now, if LeBron sneaks in some more championships, and the, at this rate, he might have 10 years left on his career. Fair. But if he can sneak in a couple more championships, as soon as he gets to six, there's no conversation. But He's no one wants to give six. anybody credit for making it to the championship all those years and lose, for being the second best. Jordan was the sixth be- the sixth best, uh, six times he was the best team, and he was never the second best team. And he was the fifth or seventh best team or 12th best team every other year he was in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like he was either the champ or they weren't good at all. Yeah. For six years, they were when Michael Jordan was in the NBA. For six years, they were good, and that's it. Every year, except for two or three years, LeBron's team has been in there. They've been completely relevant every single year. Now they didn't win the championship, but every year he's been in the NBA, three except for a handful. They've been either to the finals, to the cha- to to the semifinals, do whatever. Jordan relevance six times, and I'm just trying to be fair. Be fair. So let's have that conversation. Let's be fair. First of all, three years in the middle of his doggone career, we know what happened. Who's right? three? He retired for a year and a half. Stop saying three. Year and a half. <laughs> he well, well, he was three he was years. Out See, that's for, the thing. All right, so a year I, and a half. I, I was saying it was two and a half or a year. And, and the and team half. was great when he was when he left. It was a lot went, of that. They still that, almost went to the finals. And went to a the lot finals of that undermines left. the same argument that you're making. I think the team was great because they had achieved a certain level of greatness. Because he does have intangibles. You can hate Michael Jordan all you so want. Now he has, his omnipresence. <laughs> He's gets, so good that he could leave. He's so good that they don't even need him. He doesn't play and they win. No, 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 no. He was so good that they, that team had reached a level of excellence because of the way that he and the coaches demanded them to play when he was around. Simple and plain. You guys want to give LeBron all the credit for the stats, and we should. Let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate it. But then he's also got to take the egg on the face when it comes to the lack of excellence around him. There's no he does not demand excellence around him. And when you see it, that's yeah. why that's why Michael Jordan didn't work out in Washington, because he's around a whole bunch of young players like me. Beat it. Get out of here. Right. It, it just didn't work out. 
LeBron is around Hall of Famers, plural, and it looks trash. You got to also hold them accountable for, although you're scoring all of these points, this team looks terrible, brother. And you had a lot to say with who got onto the roster. You are essentially a player coach at this point. And so if you're going to take all the credit for the stats, which you should, then take some of the blame for the lack of excellence, which is we are seeing on this Lakers team. You got to yeah, take the good with the but bad. The, okay, for sure. This, I mean, this is this season. You could definitely. I mean, recency bias because it's one season. But one, we make the comparison. Who's the the best coach that has ever coached or been a coach when LeBron was on the team? Is who Eric Eric Spolstra? And and he's a great coach because of he's he, his like he made his, his name off like of that Tyron, Tyron that team. Lose. Okay, fine. Okay. None of them are Phil Jackson. <laughs> One. So you say, and here's no. what I was going to argue. You say you demand it's it's Jordan demand excellence. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I'm going to give all that credit to Phil Jackson. Here's why. Because LeBron Le, 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 uh, Jordan didn't have any excellence demanded when he was with the Wizards. He didn't have any excellence demanded before Phil Jackson. And let's say who else? Who else? That's why I didn't work out. Who else did you say is the most demanding NBA player that, that they say in history when it comes to excellence around them? Most demanding. Magic. All right, maybe Magic. Let's say Kobe Bryant, right? His work ethic and all the different stuff and how he went off on his players and did whatever. Kobe Bryant was a champion with Phil Jackson. He finished his career. His team was trash, right? And and he and he went right out to sunset with trashy squads, and he was only good. So the common denominator is Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson demanded excellence. He's the one who kept those teams together because Kobe and, and Jordan were as close mentally as, you, as two players could be when it comes to how they approach the game and how they approach their teammates. And they both only had success when they had Phil Jackson. Fair. But to me, that's the chicken and the egg argument, man. Phil Jackson, Phil, Phil Jackson never coached any, that's the chicken and the egg. You're telling me that LeBron People always you, say they made hove. Okay. That's all right. Make another hove. And he did. You're telling me Phil that Jackson that team wasn't Michael talented Jordan. with the Lakers that, huh? that Phil Jackson coached? Say it again. That wasn't a talented team, roster-wise? There's a lot of talented teams. You just said the Lakers play, have four Hall of Famers on their team right now. I asked you a yes or no question, and you answered with some rhetorical, I don't know well, what Of course was. it was a talented team, but I'm saying okay. it's Phil Jackson's not the coach of the Lakers or the Bulls. They don't win championships. Michael Jordan doesn't win championships without Phil Jackson. And, and if he LeBron, proved it. If, if, if Kobe's not on the team and Michael's not on the team, they don't win championships. That's why it's a chicken and an egg. I don't I don't know what you – you're not going to get me to disagree with that, but I don't necessarily think that, that undermines your argument or my argument. That's clear. Well, right? The argument you made was that LeBron doesn't demand the same excellence. And at first I thought about it. First I was tripping, but I said, you're right. I don't give a – anyway, so first I sat there and listened. I thought, you know, you have a good point. But then I started thinking – Man, that's like Kobe, too. You're right. Kobe demanded excellence, except for Kobe only got excellence when Phil was there. And Jordan only got excellence when Phil was there. And they both played post-Phil and showed you that it doesn't last when Phil is gone. So, therefore, I have to come to the conclusion that it's Phil Jackson that demands excellence and not those players. Well, Phil Jackson has several other opportunities, my brother, and he didn't win. I mean, LeBron so, be cussing him out. He smacks, Phil he Jackson, smacks rules. He goes all the way off. He be, you see how he been going off? It don't matter, man. He's Phil Jackson has several other opportunities, and he didn't win. Say it again? Phil Jackson has several other opportunities and didn't win. Let's not act like Phil yeah, Jackson. you got to have the right players. You're right. Yeah, you got to have the right players. Yeah, but right here, here's my thing with LeBron, and, and then we'll move on. Because I have no problem with LeBron. I got no problem celebrating what he's doing now. 
I'm not calling this stat pattern because you're going out there playing against NBA players. What I will say is this, is that LeBron seems to be okay with being great in his own, look on his own right. The thing that changes for me when I compare him to MJ is that MJ is impact of being on the roster and being in the locker room seem to also be contagious because of call it the greatness that he demanded in practice, call it just being, you know, and I don't know what it was. I'm not acting like it was, it, it, it was, it was, you know, some superpower. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you put Michael Jordan on a team with three other Hall of Famers, such that there's a total of four Hall of Famers, they're going to win. But LeBron so, shouldn't be playing for all of it, but this is not the first time it happened. But you're, you're making – you're, 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 you're confounding two things, right? Like, one, to say that LeBron doesn't – like, we could say demanding excellence or making a team better. Every team LeBron has left the next year, they were basically vying for a lottery pick. Not true. Every single my, time. When he – when him – when you talking about Miami. Michael Jordan left the Bulls after a three-peat, and they basically were about to go back to the finals. Yes. Like, that's that's talking about demanding excellence or how much better you make your team. Like, he made them better. He made them champions, but they, and they almost went. LeBron leaves Cleveland. They get lottery picks for five years. LeBron leaves Miami. What do they do? LeBron, you know what I mean? No, like we LeBron sits out Le, a year. Le, Le, when LeBron left Miami, that was the year that Chris Bosh was probably going to win MVP when he found the blood clot. So that we we weren't terrible after he left. To be, to be it's all about it's all because of the blood clot. It, the blood clot changed. Blood clot. He was on the way to win the MVP that year. Check the records. The, Chris Bosh was going crazy that year. Um, look, we we're never going to agree on LeBron in this gold conversation, nor need we necessarily have to agree i think lebron is one of the greatest but when you say that there's a singular spot for the greatest of all times all the things that we just debated right because i would understand it more if lebron had nothing to do with the roster that he's playing with now yeah okay. he was so basically not a good the gm you know what michael jordan together. is a horrible gm too so let's go horrible there. gm Huh? When he Washington. actually was the GM, <laughs> like when he was actually part of the front office with Washington. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> they're, they're tied. Their GM skills are. And tied. also, while he's now the <laughs> the owner of the team, now he's the owner of a team that's trash. He said, "So yeah, GM skills." I can watch. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it to LeBron because at least he he GM'd a few championship games. He just couldn't keep doing it. But all I'll say this Ooh, is the thing is, he, who's the, he didn't GM Miami. Don't play Pat sure. Riley like that. That wasn't that. That is pre. You know the 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 whole GM thing. So you, you, you think Pat Riley definitely GM Miami? They all end up in Miami. You out your mind? That was an agent. How they end up in Miami? That wasn't that wasn't no, architected. By, what you are out? You are out of your mind. Now, so hey, they just hey, so hey, they just happen hey, to hey, collectively. We a, hey, we need to do a, do a spinoff podcast. We just, just found revisionist history. Everybody, you guys are talking about a team that I know well too much about. So I'll I'll say this to you. Yo, you're telling you're saying that LeBron, Wade, and Bosch did not plan to go to Miami outside of what it what <laughs> that's, that's different than being a GM of a team that's yeah. happening everywhere I like that's bringing, that's bringing the, uh, the big flow and bringing show three hall of famers agreeing seven <laughs> I mean, this is crazy this is what you're saying what yeah, are three, we talking about <laughs> the 
being the GM of a team, deciding everybody on the roster. LeBron's had his fingerprint on everybody on this Lakers roster. Everybody. It wasn't three. I see. I see. You're making a difference. And you're making a little difference. Deciding there, when but... they played together internationally to play together—that's different. That's like me, you, the three of us deciding to do a podcast. That ain't got nothing to do with GM and the whole media space. This not five, not six, team. not seven. Come on. <laughs> all, all, all of them, all of them were at their prime. So, so all you're of telling them me if the he would have picked agent. up the guys, all the of them played internationally, the and all of them decided at that point that we're going to go play together. That's different than how this Lakers roster was contrived. It just is because it, it's it just different is. ish. But still, you still he still he earned the that. power to do that. You can't give of what the credit to Phil Jackson. Miami. I mean, See? sorry, um, Pat Riley. Um, Pat Riley. You can't give Pat Riley the credit for 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 Miami getting mind. those three together. You can't. So how? So okay, fine. That's let's the reason ride. he let's, didn't let's say. Let's ride with this. Let's let's ride with this. How did Pat Riley get Chris Bosh and LeBron James to come join Dwayne Wade? How? Because LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and to a lesser degree, Chris Bosh happen to be friends. They happen to have an, a, an agent in common to make it all work. And Pat yeah. Riley was the beneficiary of that. He was lucky. But, but you now, just said so Pat, Pat, Riley, Pat Riley GM'd it. And made it happen. He was he was the Somebody GM of the there. team at that point. But everybody else <laughs> on that roster was a byproduct of the GM. And oh, by the way, the reason that that LeBron ultimately left because Pat Riley was like, "Bro, I'm the GM here. Your opinion matters, but that's I why make they only decisions. had two championships. Say again. That's why they only won two championships. After we that. won three championships. Well, yeah, you won the one earlier. It was before, before LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, and we've been back to another one since LeBron left. Don't get it twisted. With Ooh. a roster that no one thought. We oh, were the judges, in the, judges we were in the championship. Now? We lost to LeBron. We lost to LeBron. Oh, okay. See how that works for you. G- yeah. It's GM working out GM. just fine, baby. We number one in the team. It's working GM. out just fine. Although they look like they was fighting last night. We, we, <laughs> we don't allow players as a Miami or Heat organization. And Jimmy Butler found out last night because Udonis Haslam has been there so long. We don't allow players to overstep their role. And as an organization, sometimes that's going to bite you in the butt because we lost LeBron because of it. But as an organization, a fan of that organization, I like watching it because let the players play, let the GMs make decisions. And oh, by the way, if you got a coach that you believe in, like Eric Spolstra, let him coach. And that's just what it is. Not everyone can say that. And that's why we, you know, are still so basically relevant. LeBron is the GOAT, is what you're telling me. I think LeBron is in the conversation of the GOAT. If someone said he's the greatest of all times, I'm not offended by it. But I'm going to probably say that their inputs and what they consider as the things that matter the most in their GOAT calculation are different than mine. And that's fine with me. So my heart, my heart is going to stay with Jordan because he's Jordan. But my brain tells me what the I mean, yeah, there, there's been some missteps, but I, I guess I guess I look at like people talk about boxing, right? And the goat, and I heard uh, I heard uh, Mike Tyson, Mike talk Tyson about, talking about know, Floyd, yep, Floyd Mayweather, and Chavez. You know, so Floyd Mayweather is you know what fifty and zero, but then Chavez is like two hundred and ten. Two hundred ten is like way better than fifty and zero. I don't give this whole perfection thing is just stupid, man. I mean, that's why. You know, most bat, most uh, you know basketball stuff they do like best of seven and best of this because anybody can win one time here and there and do something. So uh, let Ian. So I think at the end of the day, you have, yeah, he was six and zero. Oh. 
I think I think forever people are going to discount all the years that Jordan played that he wasn't the best, and those those didn't count. People make it seem like Michael Jordan played six years in the NBA, and that's it. Championships, <laughs> all these other epic failure seasons where he just had a lot of stats and they looked terrible, and you know he didn't have anybody. And then I just look and say, how many times did LeBron have? Very few and get really, really far, and then they'll say, "Oh, it's well, been a long time ago, Big Flo. Huh? That was a long. T- LeBron has not played on a roster that was not loaded in a long time. Okay, but and you can't God go bless and free agency. You can't undo those years. God bless free agency. God bless the leverage that players have. But to to make that statement, you got to go back into like the first six years, five years of his career to look back to a roster that wouldn't be. Like, like you look at the rosters he played on. Now, that is a reflection of free agency. That's a reflection of players deciding that they have the leverage and making decisions like he, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch did by way of an agent in common. But, but it so it's not only LeBron. I'm not one of the people to be like, you know, I think people go overboard when it comes to that. There's a shift, a seismic shift in the business itself. But you got to go back a long time to look at a roster. No, you're right. You would say it's not a good okay. That was before free agency, right? When before free agency, when LeBron played in the NBA that mostly mimicked what Jordan played in, where people went to the team, they were drafted, and you might pick up a guy here and there and do whatever. Yes, you apples to apples, LeBron's teams way outperformed when Jordan had nobody, no coach, and did whatever. I think you would agree with that. Absolutely. Then now the NBA has changed forever. You can't let the genie out of the bottle. Jordan never played against a team like like the Golden State team. You know, he never had plays play against squads like that, but no one did. Right? I, I think accidentally and inadvertently, the Detroit Pistons built something that was com- comparable. But that Who was did? a phenomenal team. Who? The, the 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 bad boys, Detroit Pistons. And they beat the shit out of Michael Jordan every year until they were done. Not until they were done. He beat them in their prime. They That's beat them when they, when they were the done. Say again. No, they beat they beat the shit out of him every all the time until the year that he won, and then the bad boys broke up. I know, but he is probably the reason they broke up. They were still at their prime. He beat them in their prime. And so you're telling me that they dismantled the team and that only because, I mean, uh, Lambeer. Listen to the 30 for 30. It was more personalities. It was it was a lot of things there. It wasn't just I mean, Lambeer was older. Lam- um, no, 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 no. Lambeer was still in his prime, too. How much he beat them in their did prime. he play after that? Say again? How much longer did he play after that? People didn't play know. as long as they did now. They do now. Yeah, I don't know. But you had the team. You had the exact same team. You had John Sally. You had Robin. You had the microwave and Johnson. You had Isaiah. You had the team. Dumars. They that that, that team, that team was together. Was still after the together. championship, they played another season again. Say again. You're saying after they did the walk off no handshake, they that team was still together and they played. They they broke up shortly after that. If you okay, listen to like thirty that. for thirty. But my point is, is that the walk off was because Jordan beat them. He beat them in their prime. It, it, it again that me using that as a, as a rationale is different than people using whatever for LeBron's like his, rationale. His, his the thing record he against Isaiah is Thomas amazing. was woeful. So eventually he came back and they broke up and they did whatever. But Isaiah Thomas beat him three times as many times as he beat him. Fair. So F- fair. that's just the argument. So anyway, at the end of the day, I think we all can agree that I'm the goat of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and in this episode of happy endings i will say that at, at, at 37 years old uh lebron is still fighting neck and neck 
for the scoring title. I never realized LeBron never won the scoring title. Um, one so, time. So, did he win one? One. I don't think so. What was that statement? I'm sorry, I missed it. That LeBron had never won a scoring title. You said he won one? I don't think he has. Really? I, I, he's in the running for winning the scoring title right now. Uh, and I thought that this would be like his 10th scoring title. And that's not the case. Uh, probably because he does everything else um, so well. Uh, 2008, you know, he won the scoring title. Right. So, you know, literally 14 years ago, was the last time he won a scoring title, I thought he had about 14 scoring titles because he scores so much. But that, that, the fact that he is in his 37th year of living, 19th year of career, and he is about to potentially win a scoring title is indeed a happy ending. If you're looking at if you're if you're in the goat being LeBron camp, this is a happy ending for his career because I don't think it's going to last another. It's not going to last another three, four years. Maybe three, yeah, three years. What he could do with the scoring title, maybe. You, do you do that when you when the two the toothpaste is almost all out the tube, or is there got to be some toothpaste left? Uh, a combination of, you know, the team is is not supporting him that much. So imagine if he wasn't scoring. I mean, he might get reborn somewhere. You never know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I'm looking forward to his happy ending because we are all the beneficiaries of it, man. The, the guy's got an amazing career. And just because I don't think he's the GOAT doesn't mean I can't celebrate and appreciate what we're seeing. Um, so go LeBron. Do your thing. I think they make it in in a play-in game. Lakers probably make it in a play-in game. Um, Russell Westbrook playing a little bit better. Uh, you imagine that Anthony Davis is coming back. Um, you know, Carmelo is who he is. Uh, Monk is playing out of his mind, which then baffles me why this team is so bad. But I digress. Uh, let's get on to a few Frank other Frank Vogel. <laughs> Say again. Frank Vogel. <laughs> but he's the reason. He, again, man. <laughs> I ain't going to get into it. But Frank Vogel was the pick for other people. I'll just put it that way. I'll put it that way, mildly, right? Frank Vogel is there because somebody had a say-so. Um, Jamal Crawford all right. so it's all decided to retire, which is interesting because Jamal Crawford, I think, is top five all-time, three points, three-pointers made or something like that, or top ten all-time, three-pointers made. Um, and had a great career, man, uh, killer crossover, um, you know, Mr. New York himself, um, but he couldn't get in a, in a, in a world and in a time where they just throwing out 10 day contracts. Jamal Crawford couldn't even get a 10 day contract. That's crazy. The last video you got Jamal Crawford playing is him playing his son. And he came on the business. How old is Jamal Crawford? Jamal Crawford is, I don't know. 42? Around the same age, 38. His son? No, oh, Jamal Crawford. LeBron types can play. I think he's 40. Is he already 40? Yeah, old man. Yeah, but he I can still play. So. I think he's I mean, they were 42. giving contracts to everybody. Isaiah Thomas, uh, and not that Isaiah Thomas that we just talked about from the bad boys, but the new Isaiah Thomas is now 42. being uh Fort Fort Jamal Crops 42. Good stuff. Jamal, um, you had a good life, man. He had a good life. basketball <laughs> life. He had a good life. He got a good uh, life. Isaiah Thomas is signed by the Hornets. We've got no limit to the number of people that got 10-day contracts and jamal crawford couldn't get signed that was interesting uh and then the news the news of the week for the happy endings in the nba is kyrie irving kyrie irving is now able to play home games because the mask mandate or the vaccine mandate in new york city has been lifted 
And so uh, it's a lot of people walking around Brooklyn with their chests out. But the mayor, Eric Adams, didn't do it because of the Brooklyn Nets. Sure. I mean, it had to come down to baseball. And those guys in the Bronx that wear the name Yankees across their chest. Really, that's the re- It wasn't even really the Mets. It was because of the Yankees that they had to lift this for, for entertainers and athletes now that the mandate uh, has been lifted. Kyrie can play at Barclays Center. And I think that immediately puts the, the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets in a situation where even in a play-in, um, they are dangerous. Um, you know, we, we shall see, but I, I'm glad to see that we'll, we'll, we'll see the team the way it's supposed to look, minus Ben Simmons. He's got another issue now um, with, with back spasms or something. So um, that is that. Uh, let's get quickly into this NIL deal. Uh, introduce it for us real quick. Uh ETP, and then we're going to move on to WNBA, and we're going to talk about a tennis great that's retiring at 25. That's the other thing that that kind of combats the LeBron greatest of all time because of these stats. People don't play all them years no more, man. They retire. They get this bag, and they're gone. But and that anyway. counts against you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if, I, if you retire at, at, at 40 from the workspace and I retire at 50 and I have more money than you, do you say – you have more money than me because you retired. You stopped earning money at forty. Yeah, you go enjoy your life. Uh, hey, come on, man. That Let's introduce happen. the nil thing real quick. Etj, what you got for me, brother? <laughs> so big news with nil, and I think just what we anticipated was going to evolve, but uh, big splash this week. Adidas, who actually is uh, not too far removed from an FBI scandal that sent some people to prison. <laughs> for uh you know illegal appropriation of funds or distribution of funds uh in the amateur athletic space um they actually just announced allegedly to, no we're not saying allegedly because they went no jail. it's not oh, alleged right, <laughs> people did time for this <laughs> people lost their jobs this is this is confirmed facts um but they actually are taking advantage of the fact that there is now legal legalization of compensating amateur athletes and they have offered every school that they are a sponsor of uh or the athletic organ the athletic departments of every school that they're part of they're offering every student athlete uh an nil deal which would be about fifty thousand athletes it's 23 sports uh across 109 division one schools so there's not specific details around what the compensation is, but essentially it's going to be a, an affiliate program. I imagine they're going to set up some, you know, loyalty codes or things of that nature. So all sales that are driven by specific athletes will provide, you know, they'll get some type of revenue share or royalty or commission on sales that get driven to the website. And then obviously additional promotion. They haven't really uh, just divulged what the, the full extent of the terms of the deal are, but ultimately it's the largest scale uh, NIL deal to date. It's one that has, it's the first of school or brands that are already big sponsors of universities. So it kind of taps into this, this gray area of how do you support the student athletes while supporting the schools on a, on a more mass level. So big change. And then I guess it's a question of, 
how does this change the landscape with you know the other major footwear you know and, and apparel sponsors as well as on now anyone but else shout out shout out to adidas man i had to at least put this 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 uh comment up though uh, not to backtrack, but I love this comment. I congratulate LeBron on the quest for being scoring title, but he'll never be the GOAT, G-O-A-T. He might be the GOAT, G-O-T-E, greatest of this era. LeBron can only watch Jordan draws. I had to put that up. Hey, there's a character team. limit when you put comments on our, our show. You need to cut that. <laughs> no, nah, that was right there. That's the perfect limit. He reached He reached the perfect limit and touched the nerve. I know you did, man. Greatest of this era. I, I, I had to get a new GOAT. That actually, you know, you might want to put that in ESPN. Somebody might start using that. Great. Give you credit for that. Like Two that. claps. So that's it. Two, that no Ric Flair. No, no Ric Flair. Flair. <laughs> Two claps, but no Ric Flair. Um, let's get on to the other uh, topic that, that ETP just brought up, man. Adidas NIL. and uh, NIL. Uh, I, I, want, I, I did clap for that and a Ric Flair for that. That Adidas Woo, is dead. Yeah, they get the Ric Flair with it because <laughs> Uh, it seems as though, and, and maybe the shoe deal, the, the shoe companies will amend the deal with the or with the institution. So let's say, for example, and I'm not, I'm not in anybody's pockets. I'm not looking at their contract. But if I'm paying whatever, ten million to be the shoe sponsor for fill in the blank of Big State University, um, maybe I take three million of that. Right. And I say instead, I'm going to pay big, big shoe university, big state university, three to seven million. And then the three million then gets allocated towards the players. It's just such a it, I think the institutions need to start feeling something financially that goes to the players. And I think this might be a way of doing it. This might be the happy medium because I've said it for forever. Like NIL, uh, the, the, the new frontier NIL is cool. But all we're doing is adding a third-party payer to pay the, the players. And the rich keep getting rich, meaning the NCAA and institutions still aren't giving any of that money earned on the backs of the players to the players. This well, how do you how do you see this as a happy medium? And and I and I'm just curious because the way the way that it's still third-party payer and it's it still is. requiring some level of production right outside of your play right like it's it's requiring there's there's obligations by these players that's right. outside of their their actual performance but we, we already been doing it though think about no it. i know but i'm i'm asking i'm the question is how do you see this as a happy medium different than if like at&t or levi's comes in and has an nil deal or buffalo wild wings or what have you like how does I, why, I why does this, this make it a happy medium? I think this is a happy medium because what's ultimately going to happen is when Adidas goes to renegotiate the contract with, you know, Big State University, right? What they were going to pay now, they're going to pay a little bit less because they're going to allocate some of that to whatever their plan is to distribute funds to players. And I think that, that that's fair, right? And then the university when they're looking at what the normal increase in the relationship with the brand used to be, let's say, you know, it was incremental 3% increase, you know, every time we negotiate a deal, right. That's going to be less because now, right. Because Adidas doesn't have a blank check. They, money isn't growing on trees for Adidas either. So some of that money is going to come from what the slice that they allocated to the school. Some of it's going to come from that. 
they're going to reallocate it to the players. And so I think it's a happy medium in that in that way. And we won't see it from the outside looking in. But the truth of the matter is, is you only have so and you you know better than than anybody. You only have so many marketing dollars that you can allocate. And that that whatever that line item is, I don't think grows significantly. But the way that line item is distributed will now be redistributed to a certain degree, and some will be reallocated to the players. That's why I call it a happy medium. Um, I might be far off, but I think no, that I it's going to come out of that batch. I agree exactly what you're saying with that. There's going to be some sort of impact the school's going to feel that they don't see yet. But there's going to be there's going to be new marketing avenues. I think that it's going to create some somewhat new dollars that they're having right now because now, in, in essence, you're going to get kind of a lower price endorsement deal than you normally would with some of these athletes in some of the more local markets. The question I think that is, is going to come up is right now Adidas is doing this blanket wide from what we're understanding. It's a blanket statement. I love it because I think that Nike and, and, uh, and Under Armour have Armour. to respond, right? Yeah. Otherwise they're going to start losing schools and people are going to want to go, hey, I want to go to Adidas school. So, so they have to do that. So I think it's great because there's going to, for every $8 million player there is, there's 150 kids out there that without them, you couldn't have the sports that you have, but they're never going to be a big name person. They're never going to do it. My son goes to a school that probably isn't going to produce an $8 million uh, player, but they're part of a, a conference that without them, you, you need them for part of the conference to go. So there should be some sort of a, a way that when the money starts flowing, there's a base level of compensation that's going to go out to a certain amount of the athletes to just whatever you call that, just minimum wage type situation that goes on. But yeah. the question is, each school negotiates individually with Adidas, Nike, and exactly. whatever the name of the sponsor. And these people are doing, sorry, these dudes are doing blanket, uh, uh, blanket marketing for all Adidas athletes. How is that going to be negotiated at the school level? Are they going to give XYZ school a little bit more money for their athletes than they are for another one? That's where it's going to get not- kind of interesting. Well, so, well, this is the thing, too. I I would refute that it's going to start taking money out the pockets of the schools because the schools are still the gatekeepers, right? If you're not sponsoring the school, you don't have access to the athletes, right? So now that there's a free market, you got Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, potentially Puma, you know, jumping in and and saying, okay, well, if they're going to, you know, if if they're going to pay you this, I'll pay you more, right? And ultimately, the school is negotiating that deal separately. So Duke has the, you know, has a deal with Nike. And if, if for any reason Duke, you know, they start, Nike starts to say, well, we got to pay your students or your, your athletes a little bit more. So we can't pay you. Adidas may come in and, and take over that contract. Right. So in that respect, I don't think the school's ever really going to lose. It's just going to increase the pie where they're going to realize the brands are going to have to pay more money and then also, I don't know what percentage they didn't they didn't ex, uh, explicitly state how much they're investing in you know this NIL opportunity for these athletes. It's fifty thousand athletes. If it's sales commission driven primarily, I mean marketing dollars. I mean that's revenue generated marketing, right? So it's not it's kind of paying it for itself potentially. Um, so I don't I don't know that that's going to happen in terms of like trying to redistribute the wealth i think it's it's going to create a little bit more leverage with the schools to say hey you can't even get access to these you know you can't get access to uh drew timmy or you know 
Chet Holmgren unless you're a sponsor of Gonzaga. So if you want to sponsor Gonzaga to be able to have a Chet Holmgren signature shoe or whatever you want to do, you have to sponsor us. And the price of yeah. you know today's price is not yesterday's price. As yeah, but result. I think that I think that entire world is uh, changing anyway when it comes to the individuals and whether it be Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, them attaching themselves to a Chet Holmgren. I mean, we've seen it the highest of high levels where uh, brands have had to kind of rethink that. I, I agree that you don't get access but for, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I think I, I think the players, and, and it reconciles an issue that they already had because as an Adidas school, right, could Chet Holmgren, and, and we're using Chet Holmgren just free willy. I don't know what Gonzaga is. It's a Nike, as a Nike school, yeah. Right. Can Adidas go approach Chet Holmgren? It, it's it's being preemptive. The brand was being preemptive and making sure that they didn't have an issue. Right. And they're protected. So, um, you know, Adidas, in this case, that they're protected when it's an Adidas school, then the athlete knows they have access to this pot. Right. But I do think it's going to change the the, the the total amount that Adidas is willing to pay the school, we shall see. I just think that it, it makes the most sense. Whereas the, the the pockets of the school are going to be a little lighter because the pockets of the players are finally starting to be lined with something green versus promises and lint. So we shall see. Yeah, but it's not coming out of, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. Ultimately, the marketing budgets increase when the cost of marketing increases right and so when you're if you're especially from a sponsorship standpoint these numbers are are very soft and they just keep getting pumped up and you know the price to sponsor the world cup this this time is not the same as what it is going to be next time and until i mean unless college unless college basketball football unless these college sports lose start to lose the marketing value the price is not going to go down and the small amount that they're going to transition over to the college, you know, the, the players, I don't think it's going to necessarily have a dent because ultimately it's short lived. Right. So they're the, the incentive for the Adidas, this Adidas program is for the opportunity to be like, well, when you become pro, <laughs> you will already have this exposure and then we will extend and give you a, you know, we'll have the, the Zion Jordans or whatever because right. you went to a Nike school. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. But I think it's just the idea that there's becoming standardization. And the one thing that's interesting about the Adidas deal is it's not just the basketball team. It's not just the football team. They're saying they're opening this opportunity up to 50,000 athletes across 23 different sports at 109 schools, like D1 schools. That's, that's I think, half, almost half of the entire Division One landscape, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Like, how many D1 schools are there? There's only a little over 200, right? In each sport, there's different numbers in each sport. So it really, it really just depends on the sport, right? right? So there's some schools that are D1, you know, basketball, but they don't have D1, you know, right? But it's, sport. but it's in the low 200s for every sport at the most, right? Or I don't know. Either way, my point is, I think there's 181 in football, and it just depends on the sport, right? But I get where you're going. That's a that, that's a, a significant 
chunk of the uh, uh, available student athletes. Right. And, and and ideally it's it's installed. I think the other part of it is it's installed in a way it should be installed in a way where it doesn't distract the student athlete from their day to day activity as a student athlete, whatever that entails. Like when you walk in and there's already an installed revenue stream versus mm-hmm. being like, all right, I have to sign with Excel Sports or Octagon or CAA or whoever you want to sign with, Rock Nation Sports, right. to help you secure these deals. Now you are a business. Now you are running, you're an entrepreneur running a business while being a student, while being an athlete. Whereas if it's if it's interwoven to the point where the schools, to your point, the schools are paying the kids, then they don't have to worry about a third level of responsibility right. to right. maximize their celebrity. So yeah, and we made this we made that point on here, and I think that's still a challenge. Um, but the more I am am seeing, even at a youth level, that uh, without the pressure of your scholarship and your commitment to third party payer brand without without those pressures you're still seeing the same thing even at a youth level the parents are essentially you know taking on that same role you look at parents now and they're treating their kids like atms when it comes to um youth sports and i think it, I, i'm old school and I don't, I don't like it but i'm realizing that it, it it it's just a part of the fabric of what sports has become in america um, so we shall see, man. Uh, let, let's move on to some other stuff uh, before we get out of here. WNBA, uh, Brittany Griner is still detained. Um, and there have been uh, Russian legal experts. They're Americans, but they are well versed in um, the legalities of Russia um, that have thrown out that she could potentially be in this situation for up to five years and when you think of that and again we talked about it last week women's international women's month um you know all of these things we're celebrating for women right and and you don't have to look far and wide for different groups to stand up and speak up for their causes it just is weird to me that we've heard essentially radio silence when it comes to, to Brittany Griner. So here at the Ballhawk Sports Talk um, in uh, this episode of Happy Endings, we're looking for a happy ending here. We want free Brittany um, because it seems as though this is crazy to, to loom on. Five years would, would be, you know, you talk about someone at their prime dealing with something like this, which, which is crazy. And I know that uh, she was culpable in the sense that she made the mistake. Um, but 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 does the punishment fit the crime is, is my question. Yeah. Well, the so just even more context. Right. So she's been she's been detained since over a month, since February 17th. They're saying that she's going to be t- detained. It's been extended to May 19th. So that's three. That's three months just detain detention detainment um the other part of it is by law in russia you can be detained up to 12 months by law prior to your trial so there is no right to a quick and speedy trial in the way that the constitution works in the united states and then there can be exceptions made where there are people that are still currently being detained up to 18 months in Russia 
awaiting trial. So so that that's a whole other layer, right? Like that's mm-hmm. not even before figuring out if she's guilty or not. Now the charge is basically distributing large quantities when it was personal consumption. That's a whole next layer. And then the the encur- the only encouraging thing that came out of this week in terms of what's happening is that the U.S. consulate was able to actually finally, after a month, interact and see where she was um, and are able to say that she's doing well. That's all they said. They didn't provide any other details, any other you know pieces of information other than she's doing as well as possible. Whatever that means, you can make that up in your mind. It could be that she's you know, she's not dead. It could be that she's living in a hotel, you know, getting room service. Who knows? So Free I, I, I'm only I'm only going to repeat this because there was a, a young, white, blonde journalist who said it. And she said, uh, imagine if it was me who was being detained in Russia. And she said, it. you know, here I am, young, pretty, blonde, white girl, blue eyed. The whole world will be up in arms, and I and I and I and I made you know we all collectively made this statement last week. It just seems uh, baffling that uh, at the highest high levels that we aren't up in arms. Now there are diplomacy tactics that I'm sure are being utilized from a government standpoint, but from a media standpoint, right? Have we even heard the president say anything about it? I haven't heard him say it. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say he didn't say it because to be fair with 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 the Supreme Court um hearings, shout out to my cousin, Miss Brown Jackson. Um uh your honor. Um, I mean, we ain't even talking about that this week. Happy endings. That was like I mean, you saw the, the Cory Booker response to that is how it feels seeing this potentially the first black female Supreme Court justice um uh, in these hearings. But with all that going on, I have not paid attention to whether or not uh the president has weighed in. Uh, but I hope President Biden, if he's not weighing in, is indeed, indeed doing everything possible to get Brittany Griner home. But, but you know, this reporter, and I don't remember her name, made a great point. Imagine if she was a, a, uh, a, a white, heterosexual, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, ain't got to be no professional basketball player. Just anyone. Anyone. And it, it was just it would just be different. And it makes me feel as though the, all the virtue signaling that we see sometimes on social media and, and the like. And we've undergone some scrutiny for some tough conversations we had um, both with and about the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I just think there should be more uproar about this, man. And and just for a consistency standpoint, uh, if not, then let's 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 call the hypocrisy out. And that's what we're trying to do in the ball hawk sports talk. Uh, so free Britney Griner. Free Britney Griner. Uh, can't say it enough. Last but certainly not least, man, 25-year-old um, best player or one of the top players in the world, Ashley. Uh, I'm going to say Barty is how you say her last name. Ashley Barty yep. at 25 years old decides to retire. And she hangs it up, and it's been a pretty interesting um, response with a lot of extremes on both sides. Uh, what do y'all think about that, man? 25-year-olds retired. You know, is it is this 
What, what are we, we doing? Paying him too much money. That's if what she I saw, paying him too much money. If she saw, if it's they don't you can make that decision and, and walk into the sunset. They give him too much, too much scratch. We got to be more long term conversation to keep him there. We I'm were tough. Nah, on I mean, you want to walk away? You want to walk away? Like, who is it bothering? This is a, she's an entertainer. She doesn't feel like entertaining anymore for whatever her reason is. I don't know how it could bother anybody. Soft. Yeah. Naomi Osaka. We were tough on Naomi Osaka. We come on now. No, I'm yeah. tough on Naomi Osaka well, because she wants to continue in the sport the way she wants to continue. So I've, I've often said, if you don't want to do it, no one's forcing Naomi Osaka to go out and play tennis. Stop playing tennis if it's if you can't handle somebody saying you suck. If that's too much, if the twenty however many millions of dollars that you get paid a year, if you can't withstand a few people telling you, so, listen, if y'all want to pay me five hundred thousand dollars, you can boo my ass when I come out to get my mail. Every time I go out to cut the grass, which I, you know, that's my wife will step in and tell you I don't cut the grass. But anytime I'm outside, you guys can tell me I'm fat. I don't care for a certain amount of money. So I'm saying, now, Osaka, if this is too much to withstand, don't expect the fans to stop saying you suck. Stop playing. Whatever the reason for this 25-year-old uh, Ash, uh, Ash Barty to stop playing, that's, that's okay. Fine. Walk away if that's what you want to go do. She doesn't get to take her money with her. She doesn't get to take the ball and the racket. She got it. She has to stop making money. That's up to her. Naomi yeah. Osaka also uh, said this week that she's finally seeing a therapist. But I don't know, man. It's just and and this was my point about the whole LeBron conversation. I think in this generation, people are taking their money and they're getting out of there because they feel as though whether it's the the Generation Z entitlement that they don't need to undergo that scrutiny, whether it's the overuse, um, because there are, I think. Um, uh, very valid conversations about mental health, but then I think that we overdo it as well. Whatever the case might be, uh, they're taking their money and they're getting out of here. So I think that's why it's going to naturally impact um, the, the 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 amount of years we get to appreciate the greats. And then Ash Barty retiring in 25, I think is a great example of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, well, there's, there's a couple of sides to it. One is we're clearly seeing for some reason, whatever's happening in tennis, and and then there's pressure across all sports, right? At this, at the most, at the highest levels, but you know, Naomi Osaka going through what she's gone through. I'm surprised that she's just now seeing a therapist, having been so vocal about mental health, and it actually just shows the the stigma. Even when somebody's publicly speaking about mental health they also may not feel comfortable to actually speak to a therapist. So it shows like the layers of, of challenges that come with mental health. Fast. So definitely should be underscored. Um, but the other piece is Serena and Venus both kind of checked out a little bit. They didn't retire. They didn't leave the sport. They didn't break down, but they started doing other things, right? Like they got into fashion. They went in their twenties. Like there was a period where they kind of stepped mildly like half stepped away from the game and you're seeing what Naomi Osaka is going through. You see Ash Barty walking away. So there's something, I mean, in, in this sport, especially with women's tennis, you're, you're pro as a teenager, you're pro as like, you're basically at, at puberty and you're a professional athlete and the, the pressure on that track. Absolutely. Yeah. On, on that, that track, track at, as a, as an adolescent. Right. Absolutely. So there's clearly something that, you know, to be said about the pressures and how early in age that track is, you know, they are focused on that track and, and there's burnout that comes with it. 
Right. Granted, right. that being said, and then that converging with the fact that you're making multi-generational money now right. versus 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, where it was like, you could be a professional football player, but then you got to go be a substitute teacher after <laughs> after you retire because you didn't make enough money to you know to take care of your family. Where now right. you do three, four good years, your great grandkids are never gonna have to work if they don't want to. Right on. Uh, any parting shots, man? Uh, the twenty second version. Bring us home. I'll start with you, Big Flow Show. What I would you got? just say, you know, uh, just a little uh, answer that is. We're taking something that Naomi Osaka, uh, the Williams sisters, all the things, their parents put them in those situations, right? Their parents decided to let them go pro. And now it's kind of like a reflection on society's pressure and everything else. Let's turn back to the parents. You guys decided that you wanted to, to put your kids in that and, and get them into that. And I will say, you know, the uh, Mr. Williams, you know, he tried to hold them back from that for as long as right. possible, if we believe right. what happens in the show. And you see what happened in those tournaments, the way the parents are putting the pressure and going crazy. Yeah. So... Uh, miss me with that all respect to ash i hope she has a great life um if you need somebody to spend some money with you know what i'm saying i believe i could go out and make sure everything you know I mean? right on. works out for you financial right advisement yeah. <laughs> uh so anything etp before we get out Parking as we shots. do every week until it happens free britney griner free britney griner uh i'll i'll end with this i'll say uh in this episode of happy endings um we ended with the uh ash uh barty story talking about her retirement and the mental health and and then i, I do agree with the big flow show in the sense that we got to put it back on the parents and the parents got to be parents let's be their parents we're not that age we're, we're not their agents we got to be their parents and happy ending when it comes to sports uh, i posted something with my kids who won the championship and, and and i sort of um said something about um you know like no no videos and 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 you know you know to just work you know because I, I i in this youth sports world i'm seeing a lot of parents not valuing the role and the blessing of being a parent while sports is a part of what we do we're not their agents uh, while you might be the one controlling and getting all the conversation, that shouldn't be your your your, your prominent role. We got to be their parents, and if we do that, we love them because they're our kids, and 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 and, and treat them as our children. Uh, no matter what happens in sports, it will be a happy ending. Uh, and the more we do that, the more we'll have upstanding, law-abiding, good human beings that are willing and able to thrive in any world, in any space, in any context not just basketball or whatever sport you choose to play look at your kids as kids love them to heck with the sport keep on working them hard but make sure you look at them as kids and that in itself is going to be a happy ending this has been a great episode of the ball hawk sports talk this episode happy endings is brought to you by the crew myself b brown esq aka the ball aka the mouth stop aka mr accessible celebration aka Barizi. Uh, I was here and joined with ETPL, the producer, and your boy, uh, The Big Flow Show. It's been another week of sports business entertainment. We brought it to you the only way we know how, rough, rugged, and raw. So we ask you kindly, please like, please comment, please share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know, and subscribe to both our YouTube channel and to our podcast. And with that, we is out. Peace.